Do I have to get outside business activities approved as my own RIA? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA video series. It is question number seven. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help advisors just like you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. On today's question, we're talking about outside business activities, uh, also commonly referred to as OBAs. So if you are currently at a broker dealer, it is almost all but certain you have had to, and you've probably gone down this process uh, perhaps many times, uh, had to ask permission from your broker dealer firm to do some kind of external activity uh, alongside your normal job as being that financial advisor for that firm. So not, not only do you, do you have to ask permission, then, then you have to wait and, and see if they actually approve it or not. And they might very well uh, reject you if, if for some reason they, they don't want to approve that. Uh, and, and so it, it kind of comes back to, well, why, why might that firm have issue with that? Or why do they require that you seek out this permission and, and it all comes down to kind of the responsibility of the broker dealer and the firm uh, they have a supervisory responsibility over you as a registered rep of their firm uh, so they want to make sure that the activities you are providing out there in the marketplace are something that they're comfortable with because again of that supervisory responsibility but make no doubt about it it is also to limit their liability so they want to make sure it's very clear that any activities you're doing that perhaps are not you know narrowly defined in the scope of a, of a quote-unquote financial advisor that there's no confusion by the client that oh mr or mrs advisor was providing that service and i i thought that was I thought he or she was doing that under the under the uh, umbrella of this broker dealer. There, where it turns out they're not, uh, and then then there could be perceived liability for the broker dealer. So, a broker dealer will be very cautious about this sort of thing, uh, and they just as well at times just tell you, no, you you can't do certain things because we don't want it to risk our liability uh, or be a potential supervisory responsibility for us, and so. Uh, at times, now they, they will of course approve quite a few, but, but uh, it, is, it is quite conceivable. They'll say, no, we, we don't want you doing that. Nonetheless, it, you still have to ask their permission to do this. Um, and part of where that comes into a challenge is, you know, if you are with a very large firm, you know, thousands of advisors, some, some of the larger firms, over 10,000 advisors, a challenge also is it's, it's not just a matter of whether you are capable of uh, properly doing some sort of activity uh, in addition to being a financial advisor. Um, but but they, they kind of have to treat everyone, all 10,000 plus advisors kind of similar because otherwise there's just no conceivable way to, to really manage that. So even if uh, you, you yourself have the experience and the tenure and the knowledge and the responsibility to be able to perform some, some outside business activity, well, there's, there's probably a lot of advisors mixed into the 10,000 that, that don't have those same uh, characteristics. And so all too often, it'll be easier for the firm just to say, hey, across the board, we don't let our advisors do activity X. Uh, and so that, that really you know, limits your abilities out there. But again, not because you yourself are not capable of it. It's, it's just the reality of being part of this very large firm and the, the concept, I'll do a video on this, but you know, managing to the least common denominator. So 
you're you're going to be in putting the same apple basket there as is every other advisor regardless if, if you have 30 years experience and they they have uh three days of experience you're, you're all kind of lumped in together so uh just some of the realities of of, of having to ask for permission on that um, so as your own RIA, though, you, the RIA, decide what activities you will, will or won't do. You, you don't have to seek uh, anyone's permission. At that point, if you're, you're, you're not with your, your, your current firm, you're certainly not asking their permission. Uh, you don't ask the custodian that you use. Uh, it's not their responsibility to oversee whatever services or activities you're performing. You just have to say, hey, as an RIA, Am I comfortable with this activity being performed? And, and so a couple of examples of, of activities that you know, are pretty common out there, you see uh, whether it's uh, advisors, RAs that uh, also wanna sell insurance, uh, provide tax services, uh, maybe be uh, a mortgage broker, provide mortgage services, uh, maybe even real estate services. Um, you know, and these, these can all be kind of bundled in to, hey, the services that we offer their clients. Now, a couple of things I want to clarify on this, just, just because you can do these things doesn't mean there's, there's not a couple nuances to be aware of. So number one is just the, the technical aspect that some of these services have, have technically not, nothing to do with the RIA. So an RIA is to provide advisory services to clients. So if you under, un, you know, under one roof also want to provide real estate brokerage services to your clients, at, which would you know functionally be an outside business activity. Technically, it's not the RIA providing that. It's hey, the RIAs provide advisory services, and hey, we also do this over here. Maybe again under a parent umbrella, we provide real estate brokerage services. So again, just a just a clarification that it's it's technically not the RIA providing some of these things, especially once they go beyond the scope of of uh, uh, you know directly what we would think of as a, a financial advisor. Um, Next up, uh, even though you don't have to get permission from anyone besides yourself as the RIA, uh, certain outside business activities still have to be disclosed on your ADV part two. Now, I, I say over and over in these videos, you, you'll be working with, and this is exactly what I help advisors understand and know what the options are. Uh, as your own RIA, you'll be working with a compliance consultant firm that, that helps you with all of this, helps you with the setup, helps you with the ongoing compliance. And so part of what they do is making sure your ADV is properly filled out. So part of the ADV on part two, you have to disclose certain activities if they're, if they're of more of a financial nature. So if you have a rental property, uh, which right now, because that's generating you income, your, your current firm might make you uh, seek permission and, and get approval because technically you're making money, it's an outside business activity. Uh, and, and they probably always approve that to be, to be fair. Um, under your own RIA, again, you certainly could do that, um, but that sort of thing would not have to be required on the ADV because clearly it has nothing to do with kind of financial services being provided. Uh, but certain things like if you want to offer, you know, tax services, arguably that that would need to be disclosed. And again, that's a conversation you have with your compliance consultant. Say, okay, here's the activities I will be doing because I, I have the right to approve it. Which ones do we just need to disclose in our ADV? So just something to be aware of. Again, the compliance consultant will help you understand this and make sure you're, you're properly disclosing it. Uh, and then the final point I, I would just point out is just to, you know, as your mind might start kind of thinking through, wow, if, I'm, if I transition to, to the RIA model 
and I have more flexibility. What, what additional services would I like to provide? And, and just keep in mind, uh, just because you can doesn't necessarily mean it's always a good fit. And so uh, I'll give you an example. What, what this comes down to is you know, conflicts of interest, which, which by the way, as an RIA, you always have to either try to mitigate or eliminate conflicts or where they exist, you have to disclose, and it's usually in your ADV part two where you disclose, hey, here's, here's a potential conflict of interest. Uh, I wanna disclose it, I wanna make sure, you know, uh, client, you are fully informed of this and can make a decision whether working together is, is the best fit for you. Uh, but an example, let's say you uh, want to offer mortgage brokering services. Um, and, and, there's, and there's ways to do it and there's the ways you can disclose that. But just as an, as an example, keep in mind as a, as a financial advisor, you might be, uh, you know, advising a client on, okay, should you refinance your mortgage because you're paying this interest right now and, and this is how much left on the mortgage or, or whatever all the variables. I mean, that's, that's a common conversation a financial advisor can have with a client. Uh, the challenge is if, if then you also say, oh, oh, hey, and if you do want to refinance that mortgage, why I, I over here, I offer that service and I, I do mortgages. Um, again, you, you can certainly do this above board. Um, it's certainly doable, but, but you can see where there could be a conflict there where be, because you have the chance to, to get the mortgage business, maybe over here, you, you do encourage them to go ahead and, and refinance the mortgage uh, and, and would you have made that same recommendation if you were merely going to send them off to some external mortgage uh, broker that, that you would have no financial uh, gain from? So again, I, I'm not trying to suggest that financial advisors would, you know, succumb to this conflict and, and not provide that accurate, good advice on the front end. But, but it is nonetheless a perceived conflict or arguably a conflict. And that's the type of thing just to decide, you know, hey, do I even want to kind of be in that situation where a client might, might view something one way or the other, or uh, I think this is a service that the clients need and want, and it's going to be easier if I can help them with it. So let me just make sure I properly disclose it to the clients and disclose the, the conflicts and explain how I mitigate that and, and why, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Client, you can come to me for the mortgage or you can go to any other source if you want. I'm more than happy to help you whatever path you go on. So there, there are ways to work through it but it is something just to be aware of uh, regardless, nonetheless. So end of the day, uh, as your own RIA, you decide what outside business activities, OBAs, uh, that you either do or do not uh, take part in. But again, just keep in mind, there are, are some disclosure requirements, conflicts of interest, things you wanna be aware of as part of that. Uh, so with that, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RIA. I help advisors with this exact sort of thing. I, I help advisors uh, learn everything there is to know about the RA model, why you might want to move into the RA model, and how that process actually works to transition into it. More than happy to, to help you with that. If you head on over, if you're not already there, uh, transition to RA.com. I have all kinds of videos, resources, uh, easy contact link at the top of the page. You can click on that, instantly set up a, a, a Zoom call with me. Uh, we can begin this sort of dialogue to, to walk you through anything and everything you want to know about the RA model. I'd be happy to help. So with that, I hope you enjoyed this video and I'll see you on the next one.